I'm a narrow cat, no wide flows. African descent, that's why I got the wide nose. With my kinky hair and black skin, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And that's in the image of a god that is beautiful and whose infinite word is immutable. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of HBCU, where we are healing brown communities unconditionally. Thank you just so much to everyone who has been rocking with us and listening to the podcast. Remember, you can listen to us on Dive Media, and we're available on all your favorite podcast listening platforms. We definitely appreciate it. You're here today with your host, Akima. And you've got Macau. Awesome. And don't forget, guys, you can follow us. So outside of listening to the podcast, you can connect with me at Princess Akima on all social media platforms. And you can follow me at Macau Halim underscore wellness. That is on Instagram and Facebook. Sounds good, Macau. Um, so listen, this, you know, our podcast is for everybody. However, tonight's uh, podcast might want the, the ladies may want to turn the volume up just a little bit more because we're super excited. You know, here we're talking about healing our community. We're healing in all the ways, guys. And so um, we're going to be talking about revolution, specifically women who have been revolutionists, revolutionary women, and all the things in between. Um, I know myself and Macau both have some really good things that we want to talk about, so we're going to jump right into it. Now, one of the things that we love to do, because um, Macau is like an official educator, and I'm a I'm a me, you know? I'm just, I'm a me. No, you're an educator, too. You're I'm, an educator. I'm, an ed- I'm an educator, too. <laughs> I didn't pass that practice one and two like some of my teachers, so I just don't want to take any glory from nobody, you know? <laughs> However, I, um, we like to make sure that we define things. So when we think about things like revolution, um, there's some definitions, and both of these are taken from um, Oxford. One, a revolution could be involving or causing a complete or dramatic change. And so some of the synonyms you may think of with uh, words like that could be original, unusual, unfamiliar, unconventional, unorthodox, different, fresh, and imaginative. Those are the words that we like. Another definition for revolution could also be engaging in or promoting political revolution. Um, And some of those synonyms, maybe they don't gel with you as much. Things like rebellious, a rebel, an insurgent, rioting, mutinous, mutiny. Now, I got to tell y'all, I I look at both of those definitions and I kind of like the second one better, but, you know, you make your um, your decision and then you let us know. But we want to get into... we want to, we're going to talk about some of the women that we personally consider as revolutionists. And we also want to just talk about, like, why, you know, these women and why women, even now in the 2020s, why women feel like they need to be revolutionists. Absolutely. And, um, you know, Akeem, what's interesting about the conversation of even defining revolution, you know, African women have been practicing revolutionary tactics since the beginning of time. And, and the reason I'm saying that is because it's important that we don't get bogged down in a chronological vacuum and to where we only understand revolution in the same capacity that Black Americans or African Americans understand their existence 
only from the scope of where slavery started. You and know, you know, how I was going to ask him, like, you mean my history starts before the transatlantic uh, slave trade? Like, I have history before that? Okay, great. Absolutely. You know, we, we were absolutely on this planet for thousands and thousands of years before a European ever wore a shoe or sat at a dinner table, according to um, John Henry Clark. <laughs> That's a quote. That is not a Macau statement. That is a quote from Dr. John Henry Clark. And it is an accurate statement. Um, and we have had radical women of color who have been advocating for families, who have been advocating for medicine, who have been advocating for holistic practices and education and healthcare and so on and so forth since the beginning of time. And again, since we were talking about the definition, um, I'm talking about these women who have been doing this before there was a dictionary. So that's why I wanted to put some context in that. So before revolution was even a word, and we could even apply a definition of revolution, this is the kind of work that African women have been doing on this planet um, forever, so to speak. It's so interesting how positive you sound, and I can't help but think about some of these Oxford definitions of revolution and mutinous. And I know personally, you know, I'm always just like, I'm grateful for people who have done the hard work, you know, one of the things that I think about when I think about a revolutionist, um, and, you know, even more so with women, and I know that what I'm getting ready to say does apply to men and women, but even more so as women, because we think about the way that women have been mistreated throughout history. And then, of course, when you think about African women, women of color, women in the brown and black communities, that's like a double just like a double downer if you could if I could say it like that but just the amount of patience that you have to have like when you see something greater than yourself that needs to change and when you may not have all of the backing and the support and really a lot of times backing and support isn't there not because people don't want to try things it's because people are scared people are so scared and so when you step out there it's great now and we can look back at people and like oh so-and-so did this and we're going to talk about so-and-so in a moment here you all and such and such did that but at the moment of saying hey i'm about to step out there and do this thing and I'm going to push past all the fear. I'm going to push past all the naysaying. I'm going to push past my own reservations. And really, I'm running the risk of pushing past my own existence in my own life because the decisions and the choices that I'm getting ready to make and the things I'm getting ready to say that may be in opposition of those who are in leadership or those who may have more um, clout or money than me could risk me my life. And so, and then knowing that you have to keep working towards the thing like and I guess a question I'll throw out there to you Mikhail um not that you can answer for anyone other than yourself but when we think about you know some of the women that we're going to you know be bringing up here like what do you think sparks someone to want to kind of forsake all of those things that I just mentioned their own life their livelihood their families to want to be a revolutionist even though I'll say this they probably didn't even say hey I'm going to go do this. Like, I don't think that was the occupation that they were pursuing or their uh, curriculum in college. You know, I'm going to go be a revolutionist. How do I study that? I think their actions just kind of deemed them, you know, to become that. Absolutely. And, um, you know, what came out, I'll say this. I believe that um, we as black and brown people on this planet function within a frequency um, to kind of piggyback off of what you were just saying. I don't think, just like you, we don't have to, we don't wake up in the morning in particular as people of color, and make a decision that 
today I'm going to put on my activist outfit and I'm going to go downtown and change the world. You know, it doesn't really happen like that. We are always in tune and intact with the frequencies and the vibrations that are going on, not only on this planet, but even universally. And uh, we've gotten away from, I'm not going to have a, a conversation about astrophysiology or anything like that tonight. But, um, hey, look, you know, hey, look, I got time. Let's have a conversation about it. I got time. You know, but let, I can, so let's do that. Let's talk about just thinking, let's tie astrophysiology to, to a black and brown female uh, revolutionary woman. Because again, we're talking about her existing and being in the space of, of frequency that, that brings about change and brings about healing and brings results. Um, and so one of the words that comes to my mind when I think about that, that I think um, has been mismanaged, I'm gonna use another word later, but for right now I'm gonna use the word mismanaged, is the word motherhood. And because we commonly associate through European logic, the term of mother with a woman that is with child. And that's not to say that women who bear children are not mothers. Absolutely, they are mothers. However, there are other capacities in the universe in which uh, black and brown women have given birth. I'm talking about more so the birth of ideas, the birth of consciousness, the birth of healing, the birth of medicine, so to speak. And I really appreciate you bringing that up. And I, one of the things that I know to be true is like how something is in the like natural and it's demonstrating something that is, you know, the intangible. I think the tangible puts onto display the things that are intangible. So we talk about the birthing, but I also think about how long it takes, you know, birth doesn't just, the baby don't just show up, you know, there is the, you use the word frequency and you guys know that's Mikhail's word. So y'all just, every time you like, Ooh, I'm about to listen to HBCU. No, he's going to dig into that. And I love it because it's a continuity and it's helping us to connect the dots with all of this. But think about that. Think about the attraction. Think about the act that takes place. Think about the time and the patience for that thing to develop before something is birthed. And so I love that you're using that example. And obviously being a woman um, of a certain age, you know, we can't help but talk about our age around these parts. <laughs> um, and I don't have, I haven't bore a child, but I know that there are ideas and there's things that I have brought to fruition, things that have been birthed in me and through me and through my, like I would say, submission to the things that I feel like I've been put here and placed here to do. So you're absolutely right. And I think with our listeners that that would resonate with them as well and that it makes sense. But for someone who was like, well, how does that mean? He started saying things like astrophysiology and they probably trying to go to Google right now. You don't need to go to Google guys, listen to the conversation and allow your, the ears of your spirit to also listen to what is, what we're talking about, not just what you can always, um, consciously kind of understand into your own mind if I can say it like that like let's just kind of listen and I, I appreciate you and I know we kind of sidebar y'all but just kind of ride this wave with us a lot of this is going to play into how we get into these like amazing women and the things that they birth that may or may not even include um an actual child so thank you Mikhail absolutely and uh just real quick to add to that the word incubation um came to mind when you were just talking about um you know, the process of development when it comes to all these things. And even if we could just real quick, biblically, 
um, even in the book of Proverbs, and this isn't my preaching moment, but we just want to, again, we're tying all these ideas together. I love um, you. Can, you can share Bible. I'm with it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because it's definitely, it's definitely truth. Um, truth in the scriptures. But um, I know in particular in the book of Proverbs in the beginning, um, the idea of wisdom, W-I-S-D-O-M, is personified as a female. And I mean, if anyone, I don't care which version you got, um, New King James, NIV, New Living Translation, you can go and turn to this. And if you read those first five or six chapters in the book of Proverbs, you'll see that women, when they're being discussed, um, they are aligned directly with words like wisdom and knowledge and things of that nature. And those things are incubated. And the reason I say that, um, Dr. Yosef ben Yakinen, which is one of our other historians, he, was, he has a lecture and he made a very interesting comment about just the existence of African women and how you all incubate what we perceive as the concept of heaven. You all incubate that in existence. Um, and for the, for the mother who is expecting the space in which she is carrying her child is heaven. And when that child is birthed, you know, that's a rites of passage. There's terms for this stuff. There's a rites of passage from when, where that child spiritually exits the space of heavenly creation within that, that African woman's womb. And it comes, I'm sorry, in her stomach. And it exits the womb and comes into the earth. But um, Akeem, those things are very, very... Um, I'm sorry, y'all. Those things, they're tied together. All those things are tied together conceptually. And Makai, you don't have anything to be sorry about. Ladies, if, if any of you all smile listening to him describe that, that, then go ahead and enjoy that moment. I think oh, I can just take a deep breath. And it's so funny that we're talking about, um, oh my gosh, I, listen. What it's exciting. Macau, it, it is. It's, it's it exciting. Is. Yeah, that that's what it is. That's what. Thank you, Makai. I was reaching, and normally, y'all, if y'all been listening, y'all know I got a lot to say, and I'm like, I don't know what else to say. We're not wrapping up the podcast right now, but I don't know what else to say because when we start to see the purpose behind the thing, I think we have a better means of how we treat a thing, how we view that thing, and how we then teach other generations to view and treat the thing and I'm not describing a person as a thing or how eloquently Macau put it but I'm just using thing as a noun right so a person place or a thing I think we we need to get back to identifying what the purpose is because when we were talking about this idea of um revolutionary women like you can't help like if any of you all who are listening either right now while you're listening or even afterwards, if you were to type into like a, you know, search engine, the word revolutionary women, one of the things that I know comes up a lot is the word feminism and a feminist. And I think about the how beautifully, um, you know, Mikhail just described, um, described, you know, just all those things. I can't even like try to re-describe what he just described. So I'm, I'm at a loss for words. Um, at the moment, but I kept seeing how that came up, and I can't help but think about like, well, what births feminism? And there's nothing wrong with promoting your gender, so that's not where I'm trying to go in the conversation. Because, I, but how be how beautiful is it if the opposite gender, right, could take that time and take that space to promote the the needs and 
the um, the beauty and the uniqueness in that in a, in a in their opposing gender and not having to trample upon them, if I could say it like that, and not having to dismiss them. You know, some of the things that these women throughout history, and I would even say now in modern times, feel the need to have to do things. And Mikhail knows I love men, and one of the the pushes behind our podcast is to show conversation and dialogue between, you know, an African man and an African woman that is peaceable. And so this next comment is not to, you know, I don't do male bashing. I only live that kind of life. But I know that when a woman is being bulldozed and she is not being supported and she's not being viewed in the way that she's been created and designed to be. And when she's not being ruled over in a way that is beneficial to her. I don't mind using the word ruled because uh, leadership and oversight doesn't scare me because when you're being taken care of properly, you can use those words because there's actually freedom when there is oversight in your life. But I think about why some of these women felt the need to even step out there. You can always unfortunately find where there was a man, a set of men, a set of mindsets that were keeping them in bondage. And so they felt this now need to circumvent this misleadership and to do a thing. And in one breath, I'm like, I'm glad that some of these folks did what they did um, because it accomplished something on the earth. Like Mikhail was saying, things that needed to be birthed. Um, however, how much, how it could have been in a more beautiful fashion had they not felt the need to push against their leadership, but having the support and having really, you know, like that wind beneath their wings and trying to accomplish the thing, not being so, having to be fearful for their lives, even though I consider them being fearless, some of these, you know, women, you know, they lost things. And we're going to talk about that as well. And um, I'm going to go ahead and piggyback off of the feminism um, dynamic of this conversation, because I think we need to settle that. And guys, I'm, I appreciate you all being patient with us today, um, because we just, we don't want to go forward without clarifying things and we want to make sure that historically that we are, are laying the proper foundation so that everyone is is on the same page with this um but when we're talking about feminism which in itself is largely if not um completely a revolutionary act it's a revolutionary uh, uh concept because you know it's like well what is feminism and you know you find women um having to clamor and to come together and, and, and to support each other against misogyny. And for the listeners who don't know, misogyny is just the concept of a, of a male completely dominated society from top down. And I mean, that's in all nine areas of people activity, economics, education, entertainment, labor, law, politics, religion, sex, and war. So when you had colonialism, in the, uh, well, I'll just throw some dates out there. I don't, this isn't going to be completely 100% accurate, so ballpark figure. But when you had colonialism developing in the Western Hemisphere, um, European men were not very kind to European women. And we're talking about 1500, 1600s, 1700s now. And um, because European women, when the United States was established after the Revolutionary War, and you had systems of uh, politics developing that required things that we're going to see in November, voting, things of that nature. Uh, white European males, Anglo-Saxon males, they excluded their women from all these practices. 
and they only allowed their own European women. We haven't even gotten to African women yet, and we're already at turmoil between men and women. So, Macau, what does that mean with, with black folks and brown folks and feminism? Once um, the Civil War ended, um, and I'll try the name down here. I jotted the name, excuse me. Susan B. Anthony. Susan mm -hmm. B. Anthony, she's not, a, she's not a black woman. This is a white woman. Um, but she was one of the, I, would, I don't know, famous is the appropriate word, but she's one of the most well-known, and I would guess say effective in terms of American history, of what um, the feminist movement would consider a pioneer, so to speak. Yeah. And um, Susan B. Anthony, because she put herself out there um, as one of those front runners to start fighting this, this patriarchal uh, design that, that keeps women down and hinders women from voting and, and having certain jobs and things of that nature. So what we found coming out of the 1800s was that um, finally, you know, when women were finally given the right to vote and things of that nature and to participate in things politically and participate in education circles, um, those white women, they needed advocates because their numbers were low. And I mean, a lot of what we talk about um, when we talk about race and racism and all those kind of developments, it's a numbers game. A lot of it is really numbers based and, nu and numerically uh, calculated. And so a lot of those women, they needed advocates and they needed a lot of help to push feminism. And this is where you're gonna see going into the 19th century where a lot of black and brown women, um, I don't wanna say they were baited because um, they were definitely being mistreated as well. Black and brown women were being mistreated the most, ain't no as well. They were being mistreated the most out of all the women on the planet um, at that time. But that was used, and now I'm going to go ahead and, and, and transition into another part of this conversation, exploitation. Now we're going to start to find the beginning root of the exploitation of the African woman's presence in the Western Hemisphere. And, um, you know, a lot of white women made it a point to come into the sleeping quarters and the sleeping chambers, uh, and I'm talking about chattel slavery. I mean, I hate talking about slavery, y'all, but um, it's not our history. However, it is a footnote because it happened to us and, and we have to heal from that and we have to understand what happened to us and, and how we ended up in the position where we do have to talk about and have these kind of conversations. Um, but those women would go into the, the sleeping quarters and, you know, the social chambers where our women were allowed to just hang and congregate and, and discuss business of, of what was going on with the children and, and, and food and nutrition and all those kind of things. And they would they would insert ideas. They would insert ideas into those women's minds to, to get them to support them on a political platform. Mm -hmm. And that is really what we have with the birth of what I call, I'm going to throw a new term out there because I call it neo-feminism. There's a feminism to me that's authentic and it is about eliminating, you know, the ignorance that comes with patriarchy, which I emphatically agree with. And so even as men, and fellas, I want y'all to pay a close attention to this. You don't have to be a woman to be a feminist. You know, like a lot of these concepts and ideas, you can support feminism in concept. And as Akima said, my favorite word in frequency, you can support your women in frequency because we're talking about understanding and bringing about change. Um, but Akima, in terms of exploitation, what kind of thoughts come to your mind as a woman of color, when you think about 
bringing about change and how a woman can be exploited in that capacity? Okay, everybody take a deep breath with me because I'm like, I'm about to say. I have like, I have, yeah, listen, we're not rushing this conversation at all today. Um, I'm going to answer Mikhail's question and I also wanted to touch on some of the things that he mentioned. I actually, you know, I like to be very solution driven because I know we're talking about a lot of the like the issues, you know, I just want to plug up a, 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 um, a really good book that I read. It came out a few years ago. I don't know, maybe like four or five years now. And it's called Covering. And it's by an author, um, D.T. Um, Thompson. And, you know, the book, I feel like not only gives hope to women, but I feel like it gives instructions to the men that are looking to cover them and to support them and to love them. And I think that that, you know, is it is that book going to be the be all end all to solve all of these issues? No, but I think it's a good place and it's a good tool for the toolbox. So that's one of the things that we want to be adding. When I think about exploitation, I mean, as a, as a black woman, you know, you can't help but think about the exploitation because of, of I think about our looks, you know, and, you know, you'll hear people like joke about things like they want our tan, but they don't want our our trauma and they don't want our drama, right? And so it's like the fact that individuals will do things to um, highlight the traits, but not love the person who naturally has them. Um, and that's across the board, you know. I think about some of our own just kind of, you know, self-hatred, if I could say it like that. I think we've been exploited um, in that way. I think about some of the, you know, the hard work and some of the backbone in our community and how as, um, as much as we celebrate these revolutionary women, why did they have to, again, step up? You know, were the men being dragged down and torn down so much? And when we think about leadership, when we think about leading, you know, even leading the Black family, and I know that we're going to talk about that you know, at a later time, possibly on another episode, I can't help but think about like, like why we celebrate like struggle so much, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's celebrated and it's like, but I shouldn't have to live my life in the struggle the whole time and having to work harder than what I was meant to. I mean, not even just the word feminism, but just being feminine, just being soft, just being a woman, just enjoying those things and how a lot of times women aren't able to enjoy that and express themselves in the beauty and the sensuality that they have been created in because they've had to be so strong. I mean, even the term strong black woman, like, ugh, listen, y'all listening to this, y'all already know we could talk a whole podcast about that. I think that's part of some of the, um, like I said, the, I, I'm going to continue to come back to this. So you guys are going to be like, oh, she's saying that again. But I am. I think this is where the mismanagement of male leadership has impacted women. And I know we talked about, you know, white women. And one of the things that I wanted to make a comment um, or a response to, you're talking about um, black women kind of being drawn into, you know, if you're being mishandled, something else can grab your attention, period, point blank. And y'all can take that how you want to. If you are in a relationship and it's sour and someone else comes and they are like nicer and they're better and it's a little sweet, it's going to catch your attention. Even though the idea was to represent something, I think because people are just, you know, sneaky and they're conniving and little, you know, things always get snuck in. And then an individual may feel like, oh, I'm participating in this because I feel like it's going to do this for me. Whole time, that's not the agenda. But then I'm like, well, I think a part of leadership 
then is like if you see me running down this path it would have and could have should have been someone to help me avoid that but again I know we're talking about these women and not having proper leadership being mishandled mistreated having to endure all that we've had to endure as a people group and I know Makai said you don't like talking about slavery because it's not like the be all end all of who we are but it has impacted us so much in uh, you know negatively and it impacts how we function in our society and as a people group right now so that's like we almost have to talk about it and i want to talk about it because i'm actually really sick of people saying well why y'all still on that because Oof. what happens oh, say it again keep saying it again oh, oh. <laughs> I mean, you ever hear that? Like, I'll oh, get over it. It's over. And I'm just kind of like, but it, yeah, in, in some ways it's over. In some ways it's not. But the repercussions of it still impact us, you know, and you can see that, you know, when we think about things like fatherlessness. Um, and guys, I know we're getting off topic with this revolutionary women, but all these things play into why these women, these amazing, amazing women felt like they had to step up and um, do the things that they did. And so I really want to help to like reshape the image of the black woman um and first and foremost through my own character as a black woman and really learning from these different ones that um who've just been brave and the ones who were in it for the long haul you know when you think about these women who impacted change and you know what are these words who caused the mutiny and the ones who in their town would have been called a rebel rebels are my heroes you know um, and I'm not talking about rebels without a cause. I'm talking about people who like are who are rebelling against injustice and then being a woman and having to rebel against men. I'm like, that thing gets me excited. And I'm super I'm I'm excited to bring up some of our um some of our revolutionary women. I'm I did this song here to invoke you all to see that he is a god of culture. The same god that made this variety at Babel not lives inside of me. Not doing this here to insult you. Want you to see he's a god of culture. The same god that made this variety at Babel not lives inside of me. I did this song here to invoke you all to see that he is a god of culture. The same god that made this variety at Babel not lives inside of me.